1: Impact of Influence, the Murdoch family murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. Little bonus episode this week. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker is here. We're going to talk to an attorney who's representing a few of the jurors that are involved in this. Defense motion. Alec Murdoch's defense team had the presser this week about potential jury tampering by the Clerk of Courts, uh, the Clerk of Courts Becky Hill of Collington County. And uh, we, in our last episode, gave you excerpts of the interview we had with her just a few months prior and all the details and more and more leaking out. And we'll have those as they happen. And uh, you can go to Impact of Influence on Facebook. Uh, let's bring in a friend of the show, He's been on a few times, a good guy. He's representing a few of the jurors. He is Joe McCullough, a seasoned litigator and former prosecutor, over 40 years of experience. So, Joe, uh, you you represented one of the the jurors right after the trial, because that juror was getting a lot of harassment, for lack of a better term, from media, correct? That's where this first started, your connection.
2: Correct. My involvement was... With jurors began with a request from uh, one of them to see if I couldn't intercede and prevent uh, the invasions of privacy. People crawling over her fence and knocking, banging on the doors.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of, th- and then how did that progress? When did you get news that there was going to be multiple jurors and you were going to represent more than just that original juror? Well,
2: I don't know. I don't want to get too much into the, okay. to the issues of representation, other than to say that that uh, at a point, um, uh, as uh, there began to be murmurings, I suppose you could say, uh, about the process of deliberation. And obviously at the time that the jury returned a verdict with such speed, uh, uh, it surprised many of us and had a lot of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Commentators and, and uh, trial lawyers scratching their heads about how a jury, after six weeks of evidence, could reach very quite that quickly. But, but in any event, um, I began to get phone calls from uh, other jurors, and so now, currently, I represent two. I've spoken with several others, and uh, I understand this morning that uh, Mr. Griffin and Mr. Harputlian are urging jurors to, you know, to to Find a lawyer, um, and, and and I, you know, I think that's wise. These are deep waters, and uh, they're um, concerning allegations. And uh, you know, like the old saying, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't give somebody a, a little bit of a fair trial. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, And that's what this court's you know mandate is by reason of this motion. And and the law is has a high bar for in- intruding into a jury verdict um, uh, because we give great respect and deference to juries and their their deliberations and and their ultimate decisions but uh, there is plenty of case law in a united states supreme court case that observes that that once that that high bar is uh, met and exceeded by whatever the, the prosecution whatever the defense presentation is whatever the evidence in support of their motion is that the presumption switches around and it becomes the the burden of the state to show that it was a fair process we're, we're not at that point but but you know we'll see if it gets there but i think at this point this is an inquiry that people that served on this jury um, uh can expect it to be uh questioned by by some Entity agency. I don't at this point know whether that will be SLED, FBI, or whoever. But it is going to begin to be a new search for uh, the truth of what happened behind those closed doors.
0: So SLED or some law enforcement agency will investigate, and then it will be term be determined if they'll have this in- this additional hearing. Is that how it works?
2: Well, Seton, I think that we're in kind of. Uh, um, New waters to some extent. This is a, not the first time that, that uh, allegations have been made by either the prosecution or typically the allegations of jury tampering are made by the prosecution. Um, mm. and John Gotti's a, a lovely example of that. Oh, yeah. uh, Clarence Darrow actually was, was tried for jury tampering, um, that famous uh, fiery defense lawyer. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a history, but. But this kind of an allegation coming from this side of the equation is a little bit different. And so I think at this point, the motion that I read yesterday filed by the defense calls upon the, uh, the Court of Appeals, which is where their appeal of the conviction has been filed. It, it asked the court to, I think, remand the matter to the trial court, and... Um, uh, you know, Also, I noticed there was a also filed at the same time, or, or maybe not filed, but at least I was provided. Um, uh, a request to the U.S. Attorney's Office mm-hmm. to to initiate a civil rights investigation. So that's why I say I'm not sure who the the investigating body, the inquiring body, will be.
0: Yeah, because um, it seemed like they had a problem with Sled investigating it because sled did the original investigation so they would be kind of investigating themselves
1: and it was a like dick said a vested interest in having the project, the the, uh, the sentence stand because that's what they wanted that that was their goal uh, well so makes sense. Uh, yeah
2: i think the allegation made yesterday i guess by, by dick and jim in their press conference, if not in the documents themselves, uh, suggests that 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 Sled, as the prosecuting agency, uh, would have a vested interest, uh, logically, in uh, in protecting uh, the verdict. So, I think that's a, a legitimate concern. I, I'm sure that Sled will announce that they can be quite objective about it, and perhaps they can. But I think that uh, the defense would would not be doing their job if they did not Mm -hmm. uh, try to uh, propose the problem, the potential problem. I mean, we talk a lot in the the law about the appearance of impropriety. Mm -hmm. So does it appear to be improper for an agency with a vested interest to be investigating the process? Good question. That uh, the courts will have to decide.
1: Let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals.
0: Every fresh meal is never frozen and is chef crafted, dietitian approved, uh, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. What
1: did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature Premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to factormeals.com slash impact fifty and use code impact fifty five oh to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next box.
0: That codes impact fifty at factormeals.com slash impact fifty to get fifty percent off your first box and twenty percent off your next box while your subscription is active impact50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
1: From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule, history so interesting, it's criminal.
0: Joe, do you have any opinion on what the juror who dismissed says in her affidavit? She says she was delivering a refrigerator to two people uh, who were renting from her and that they claimed that she talked about the trial during this
1: little meeting or drop-off.
0: Right, you know, right. They go
1: to work at Domino's, or one of them does, tells a co-worker that Egg Lady Juror was yapping about the case. The coworker reports it to SLED. Sled shows up at the renter's house at like what time? 10, 10 o'clock,
0: so? 10 o'clock. And they're asked to go back to the court the next day. They arrive at 9, 9 a.m. And at 6 p.m., they're finally presented with these affidavits.
1: Now, the affidavits they got from the night before, I guess we missed that part. So Sled goes to their house at nine, pulls them out of the house, puts them in the car, puts them in the, 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 the patrol car, puts the dash cam on. They record this conversation. They turn it into an affidavit. After they're sitting seven day, seven hours or nine, nine hours, hours the next day at the courthouse, and they say they signed them and they weren't really aware of what was on them, they tell Egg Lady, we didn't say that. This is all a bunch of nonsense.
0: Yeah, they because I guess they were informed that, that the affidavits were taken straight from the dash cam video. So SLED advised them that the affidavits were taken straight from the dash cam videos.
1: And they they say that that's not true. So anyway, so all that to say, Joe, is what do you feel about SLED? investigating the way they did, uh, this juror.
2: Well, uh, I, um, you know, my, my role here, Seton is, is not to be an investigator. Yeah. Uh, it is frankly to, to be, uh, an advisor to my clients that these jurors that I represent and their sounding board, uh, but also their protector. Yeah. And so i I know what I've read uh, as as you actually probably, I've had access to a little bit more information than y'all have, but mm-hmm. but I mean the fact is that that Sled evidently did go out and conduct some type of investigation that preceded uh, uh, the the jurors' removal on the day that the case was to go to the jury. Th- those circumstances, uh, I really. Obviously, was not involved at the time at that point in in this process. I was the guy sitting on the fifth row, you know, yeah. watching the the trial with everyone. Um. Uh. And and so I, I don't. I can't give you much uh, enlightenment on that because I wasn't involved in that. And, and again, um, these affidavits provided by jurors are sworn affidavits in two instances, and I think of. Um, a, a, a reiteration of, of information provided and in a third affidavit, as I recall, from a person who had not ultimately signed an affidavit. But, I mean, those things uh, are part of the fabric of this case, uh, mm-hmm. or this inquiry, and they're going to be part of the, the question mark about the fairness of the process, because the fairness of the process will in, in, you know, involve not only what happened backstage in terms of these allegations, but it, it may actually and ultimately get to the question of whether that juror should have been removed, whether the court acted on information that was incomplete or or inaccurate or, or whatever. But, of course, we will never now know uh, how that juror would have voted, and we will never know what... Effect her removal uh, had on the ultimate uh, decision in this case. But that's what this inquiry is about. Was it a fair process?
1: All right, Joe. Appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll talk right. soon. Yep. Bye bye. All right. Please rate, review, share the episode, share the podcast. We are always so grateful. Anytime we get a listen, we love feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. So send it our way on the Facebook page, Impact of Influence. We uh, really uh, super appreciate uh, you listening to us. We're grateful. and We'll talk soon, friend. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. So, you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. On the morning of August 1, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.